Hello and welcome to Active Prime Holistic Fitness Systems. Thank you for clicking on the podcast, whether you're on Spotify or around the world or you're on applepodcast.com. Now this uh, podcast is all about my passion of bodybuilding to powerlifting or strength and conditioning training. And uh, I've had nearly 30 years of experience of natural bodybuilding in which to try and to increase my strength and size and it wasn't until I hit my mid-30s that I really started to learn how to build muscle get stronger and maintain it from all the studying which I did with the Czech Institute and the YMCA organization which trains personal trainers But really, bodybuilders compared to powerlifters, I like the bodybuilding look because they have big arms, big legs. And some of them can be really strong in the gym, but some of them can be extremely weak. But then you've got the powerlifters, and most powerlifters, apart from uh, my coach, my coach friend, the living legend in Southampton, most powerlifters have a huge amount of body fat. And that worries me a little bit with diabetes and problems like that and the same with if bodybuilders get overly big you may increase the chances of getting diabetes uh, stage one stage two or having heart attacks uh, or having strokes from where you're putting so much load on your system because you have you know so much muscle so I've always wanted to have 17 and a half inch arms which I've got now and my waist is about 30 inches it used to be 28 when I was really lean when I was about 11 stone but I like to be about 13 14 stone and in the winter all bodybuilders and powerlifters put on a bit of weight because we uh, may be comfort eating because of sad I'll do a video I'll do a YouTube uh, I'll do a podcast on that and a YouTube video on that later on uh, but classic things that I've seen with bodybuilding is that they don't integrate the whole body when they're training. So they'll just isolate triceps, isolate biceps, isolate shoulders. Now, to me, that's a bit idiotic, idiotic training because you don't just use one muscle. You use all the muscles when you're working out. So if you're doing, say, an overhead press, You'll be engaging your core if you're doing it properly, activating your deep abdominal wall to stop you from damaging your lower back. As well as your legs are involved, your shoulders are involved, your shoulders, uh, your neck's involved. Everything is involved in that movement. And if you see people or, or bodybuilders when they're doing overhead pressing, you see them pushing their neck forward like a uh, turkey or a chicken. Or a pigeon. And when they're doing that, that's showing that there's a functional misalignment that needs to be corrected. Otherwise, it will cause other problems. So I don't see the point in going in the gym and doing 10 exercises on biceps and 10 exercises on triceps and then leaving the gym. <laughs> I think it's more important to integrate everything together. As in... Uh, I prefer doing pull and push patterns. So pull one day, uh, push pattern the next. 
and I always integrate my core at the end of my program. And you may ask, why do your core or your abs at the end of the program? Because the core stabilizes the whole body. So if you fatigue it and tire it out at the beginning of your workout, you're trashing your whole body. Simple as. You know, you've got the external, the internal, rectus abdominis, the lower abdominals, uh, and the transverse abdominis, which talks to the lower back. So if you're doing bodybuilding training exercises to get sheer mass or size, and you're not on uh, performance-enhancing drugs, it will be very, very hard. And I had a discussion with a guy on TikTok about this, saying, yeah, it's nice to see somebody doing five exercises on their tricep, but will it really make it grow and get bigger? No, because it's such a small body part, you're probably overtraining. And in that way, the muscle will get smaller, not bigger in the long run. And if the fundamental thing is, is that most bodybuilders, apart from Arnold in the Arnold Encyclopedia, never write anything down. They just do the same workout week in, week out. But they'll adjust their steroid use or their supplement use. But surely the program is the most important thing. And measuring your arms, measuring your legs, measuring your waist and neck to see whether you're improving or not improving on the program which you may have got out of Flex magazine or may have got it off, uh, off of online or you've got a program which is uh, designed on an app which lots of people are using now which I see in the gym which I think is really bad simply because if you're using that type of program from an app that, that app is not taking in your biochemical individuality. It's not taking in whether you've got one leg longer than the other. It's not taking in whether you've got the right pec is bigger than the other. They're just treating everybody exactly the same as the person that designed the app. And that's one reason why I haven't designed an app, because I want all my stuff to always be individual. Now, the great bodybuilders from the 70s and the 60s and the 50s seem to have more classic physiques, which I agree with what Arnold Schwarzenegger said. You know, seeing a bloated belly looks hideous. It looks horrible. And uh, speaking to many women about a big belly on a man compared to a flat six-pack, all the women want to see a six-pack. They don't want to see a, a big belly the same as a guy doesn't want to see a big belly on a woman. You know, it's to me, it's a turn-off. It doesn't really do it for me. The same with... A woman with a you know a, a big bum, uh, that doesn't do it for me neither. I like to see a slim toned woman's body, or at least slim. Uh, so bodybuilding in the in the seventies was much more classic physique. Look, you know, like the body, was it the body, the body show body or whatever it's called. Uh, I like to see that body as well, but I don't like seeing. Yeah, it's all right to look at these big mass monsters like Dorian Yates and stuff. But when you look at Dorian Yates now, he's in his mid-50s or late 50s. He's got no physique at all. So to me, that would tell me that everything that he'd done was drug-assisted and he can't lift what he used to lift. 
And that's why he's lost a lot of his muscle mass. Well, huge amounts of his muscle mass. Uh, I know he spoke about he's on to testosterone therapy at age, age 50, 60. But really, if he wouldn't have messed with his hormonal system, he wouldn't be on that now. But then again, he probably would never have been Mr. Olympia. And I remember reading Youngblood, which was a, a magazine which was uh, published by Wag Bennett in Wanstead Park. And in there, Dorian Yates was in there when he had a really minuscule physique. He was just starting on his gear training. And uh, he said he lived like a monk for 12 years. That's, that's all nonsense, you know what I mean? He may have covered himself up, admittedly, so people, so the competition couldn't see his physique and how he was looking. But remember, he ripped his bicep, he ripped something else, and this is the thing when you're doing performance-behancing steroids. Is that, yeah, they make you gantry and strong, yeah, they give you big size, but the day when you get sick or the day when you can't afford to get your stack anymore, that's when you lose that size, that definition, that shape, and uh, for me at 50 years old, I've still got a good V shape, I've still got big arms, I've still got a nice chest, or people tell me anyway. And I pride myself on that. As I'm getting older, I need to train harder, but smarter. And this is what powerlifters and bodybuilders don't seem to do. They seem to jump on the bandwagon of whatever's out there at that time. Looking at uh, Eddie Hall doing his powerlifting, you know, one rep maximum uh, world record, which was amazing. But to see him have blood coming out of his nose and him collapse virtually on the floor is not a good look, is it? So really, he had a fan on him constantly. So something was really pushing up his blood pressure. And for his blood pressure to go so high for him to get a nosebleed... He's probably done damage to his body that he's never going to change. But obviously he's going in for this uh, boxing fight with, uh, is it four? This other powerlifting guy. But the powerlifting guy looks amazing. He's, he's really slimmed down. He's been going in the ring and doing some really good bag work and sparring work. Whereas Eddie Hall hasn't really shown that. He's just shown him hitting people in the stomach and doing windmills and all this type of stuff but he may surprise us on the on the day when they do fight i think it's next year but to see eddie hall giving him respect of the he was massive it just looked horrible to me but super strong and now he's got a six pack he's looking a little bit more toned but still i would probably want him to drop another five or six percent to really look amazing uh but obviously he's still doing his strongman stuff and he's still, uh, you know, helping other people with his gym and stuff like that in which to get strong, stronger. So then there's another powerlifter called... Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. What's his name? So I've been fasting today, so my brain's gone a bit today. Uh, Yo Elliot on YouTube. Now, he'd done some stuff with Paul Check like I did, but didn't study all of it. And he's gone into powerlifting or has got a strength camp. And he's got really fat and it looks horrible again. And uh, 
This is the bit that I don't get. Whereas uh, Sigmundson and other powerlifters looked amazing. They was in phenomenal shape, phenomenally strong, and really looked the part of a strong man. I don't think a fat strong man really looks the part of a strong man. Would you agree or disagree? You can comment on the uh, post or send me a message. But definitely big classic physique guy that I like to see. And obviously everybody needs to remember is that the bodybuilders in the off-season get fat. And then six weeks before they compete, they lean right down and look good. And this is what I like about uh, Paul Check, Frank Zane and other big names in the fitness industry that are, look in great shape all year round. And I believe that this is more of a skill to keep in lean and in shape all year round compared to being fat and big in, and not in shape, if that makes sense. <laughs> but if you've got an illness or you've got a health issue, then I totally understand, which some people maybe... And welcome to Active Bryant Holistic Fitness Systems. I'm Scott Bryant, your host, and this podcast is all about setting up your own business, being self-employed, and why you must have a podcast for your self-employed business. Now, I've been in business for over 21 years, and I absolutely love being self-employed. It's a great feeling to know that you're responsible for what you're earning. You're not relying on a big company to pay your wages. And the amount of free time you've got to study, read and learn is fantastic. And obviously more and more people are going to be or looking at being self-employed. But there are some pitfalls in being self-employed. So when I decided to become self-employed in uh, 2002... It was because I had enough of working for employers, big gyms, paying me 15 grand a year and wanting me to do all these crazy hours. I was always tired and never had enough time for myself. So then I decided to go self-employed. So self-employment can be a bit confusing. Do you become a limited company or do you become a sole trader? Now, the thing is, if you're a limited company, people can look up online how you're doing, like earnings-wise and all that type of stuff. But the great thing about being a limited, uh, a sole trader, they can't do that unless they pay for that. So maybe some clients may look you up online to look at your business, uh, your business accounts and may see you're in debt or may see that your business is struggling and may not want to work with you. This is why I never wanted to become a limited company. And you pay a lot more money in uh, fees to the bank because you've got the privilege of being called a limited company. But it doesn't really give you much more than that apart from a big ego from going, oh, I've got a limited company. So I like being a sole trader and I've been a sole trader for nearly 22 years now. And the great thing about being self-employed is that everything that you buy or pay for goes against your tax, apart from 
food and gifts and presents for clients, which I do all the time. So with my clients, I buy them gifts, I take them out for dinner, because at the end of the day, they're invested in me, so I've got to invest back in them. This is the way that I look at it. And having a good meal with a client is great because I get to know them on a deeper level. We can have a bit of banter. And uh, when I'm training them, you seem to gel more with them when you've been out for a meal with them and uh, chatted about what's going on in their lives, not just my own. So let's get back to why setting up a podcast. Now, when you set up a podcast through Archer, your podcast is on Spotify, Apple.com, uh, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Castbox, uh, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And all this is for free. All it costs is your time and energy to set up the podcast and then to be able to chat about the thing you love. So if you're a health coach, if you're a builder, if you're a security officer, if you're a hairdresser, whatever you do for a job and you really love your job, there's so many things that you can talk about and put in your podcast, get other hairdressers in, get clients in there, you cut their hair and they can say how good their haircut was or, uh, or anything like that. So the great thing about getting your name out there is that now I'm getting offers for different products. So people want me to use their earbuds because they're friendly to the body and stop the EMF pollution going into the body. So they're going to pay me £200 a year in which to mention that in the podcast. And this is what starts to happen over time is that you start getting other offers so you have another stream of revenue. This is why podcasting is so important for every business, especially when you're self-employed because in self-employment, as we all know, no matter what self-employment you do, if you're a builder and it's really cold, you get less work in the winter. If you're a hairdresser, you may be busy just at the summer period when people are going away on holiday, but while they're away on holiday, you're quiet. The same for PTs, it's very seasonal. So now is a quiet time for personal trainers, but it becomes a busy time, end of February, beginning of March, not normally January. Normally get calls and inquiries, but no real sign-ups normally. Uh, so these are the quiet times when you can do your podcasts or your YouTube videos and get huge amounts of traffic. So my uh, podcast has over a thousand people listening to it and it gets over 3,000 hits of people listening to it around the world. So this is something you must do whatever type of business you're in. And when you start doing it, first of all, you might be a bit nervous. You may forget your words. You may, uh, you may find it hard to get people to talk to you on your podcast. But stick with it. Keep putting it out there. And eventually the people will come that want to be on your podcast as they see that you've done many of them. And I've done, this is number 68 podcasts. But on my YouTube channel, I've done over 2,000. 
because I love it. it. It's just an enjoyable thing to do. It's not. It's not work to me. It's not hassle to me. It's a little bit time consuming because you have to do editing and all that type of stuff and uploading. But once you've got into the swing of it, it becomes easier and easier. And now I'm talking about setting up a podcast if you're a personal trainer, holistic coach, builder, uh, doctor, physio, surgeon, uh, whatever you want to do. There's doctors now setting up podcasts and talking about what they do and the books they've uh, written that they want to get them out there so people buy their books so they make an income from that. So remember being self-employed, you'll have... uh, peaks and troughs especially if you're a personal trainer and by setting up a podcast on a regular basis you start to get other companies very interested in what you're doing because they can see that you're consistent regular and they might want you to market their products but there is a bit of a scam out there there's one scam where they try and get you to buy their watch for 49 pounds Then they want you to say about their watch in every video or every podcast. But you're not making any money. They've already made the money because you've bought the £49 watch. So I saw that that was a scam straight away and got rid of it. So really important that if a company asks you to market one of their products, first thing say, how much is it going to cost? If it costs you, then avoid it like the plague. But if they say to you they're going to send it out to you for free, then try it out. Then if it then if then if it fits with your core values, then start marketing and selling it on your podcast. Like mention it at the beginning or at the end or in the middle, whenever you want. So I found this to be a a good asset because it's another way of getting a uh, an income in without having to work hardly at all. You know. Because imagine if you've got three, four thousand people listening to your podcast and three, four thousand people buy the headphones or whatever the company's getting you to market, they're making money. You're telling your customers or podcast listeners that you've got something amazing that they could try out <laughs> and it's a win-win and you're getting paid, you're getting a check going into your bank or money going into your bank that you wouldn't thought it was going to come. So I highly uh, suggest that you do a podcast, whatever business you're in, and uh, start off with like 15 minutes, slowly build up the time, and check in your analytics how many hits you get. So uh, last week, I got 300 people listening to the podcast that I was uploading. So that's 300 people that don't know about Scott Bryan, okay, or learn about Scott Bryan and is enjoying the podcast. So really set up a podcast, give it a try, keep doing it, don't give up because it is hard to start off with to get uh, listeners or views on your YouTube channel and it just takes time. On my YouTube channel now I've had over 4 million views and hundreds of likes or thousands of likes and uh, they keep coming back to watch. But the only thing is, what you've got to remember is don't get disheartened because what will happen is is that your views and listeners will go up and down depending on the time of year, depending on what you're putting out there, whether they're interested in what you're talking about. So try and make the 
subjects general for everyday public. That's why this podcast is not just for personal trainers, it's anybody who's self-employed. And anybody that has the the insight to podcasting. So podcasting's been around for a couple of years. Joe Rogan is probably the most successful podcaster out there on YouTube. Plus he does Spotify and other stuff. And all it is, is talking about what you love and talking about it with other people. Right, so my dinner's on the go. I'm having uh, chicken legs with uh, cauliflower today with some olive oil. I'm very, very hungry because I fasted until 12 o'clock today. So I'm going to end the podcast and hoping that you set up a podcast. Send it to me. I will listen to it and comment and give you a review. If you can give me a review on Apple Podcasts, I would really, really appreciate it. And for me showing my love and appreciation, if you do a podcast for me, let me know via email. And I'm more than happy to spend an hour with you chatting to you about your diet, your lifestyle, your exercise, your fitness, your sports performance. And I may even design you a program if you would like one. Okay, thanks very much for listening to my podcast. I'm Scott Bryant, your host. Please go to my website, activebryantsystems.com and check out uh, my book, Holistic Health for Proper Geezers, Classy Ladies, Get the Body and Fitness You Want Now. Chat to you again very soon. Bye-bye. Peace out. Lots of love.